Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. We are so glad you are here. If you are listening to this episode, which clearly you are, uh, you would like to know that this is our first episode recording post the launch of the Infinity Saga series. Technically, uh, we got a couple more days of it in terms of what's going on right now when we're recording. You have officially listened to it and listened to one episode after the Diz Games Listener Challenge, but Matt and I are refreshed and we are so excited to be back with today's episode. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing fantastic. You know, we were talking before we hit the record button. We were blown away by the response. You know, we really didn't know when we did this crazy 23 episodes in 23 days, we didn't know what the response was going to be. But you guys responded, you told your friends, and uh, we don't just have listeners that listen to it in the U.S., but all around the world. So thank you so much to everyone who, who listened and also listened to past episodes and are here now. We're just we're so blown away by your support for the show. We absolutely are. It feels like it's catching fire. And if this is like your first or second episode where post-Infinity Saga, you're just now kind of getting into what we're about, this is us. We're just two guys, Diz nerds, Marvel nerds, Star Wars nerds, Pixar nerds, discussing all things Disney-related. And uh, we promise we're not going to do anything Marvel for a little while. I think you said before we started recording, Matt, that uh, there's not much to really tap into at the moment. So we're going to let that one rest. So what are we talking about today? Well, we've got another top 10, and we are going to a galaxy far, far away. Um, We we haven't touched on the Star Wars in a while, and uh, actually at the time of recording, it is like Christmas Eve because uh, The Mandalorian releases tomorrow. It does. We're actually tonight, technically, at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, that's about 2 a.m. our time, so probably probably won't be up, but it's definitely going to be something I'm going to catch tomorrow as soon as as I get home from work. So so like Matt said, we're doing a top 10 of the top 10 Star Wars characters in any of the 11 movies. So the, of course, the Skywalker Saga, uh, Rogue One, and Solo. Not in this is any of the cartoons, any of the TV shows, any of the Christmas specials, not the Mandalorian. It's just the nine Skywalker movies. And then, of course, Rogue One and Solo, which kind of fit into that, even though they're, you know, kind of their own little thing. But we had a rule. What was that rule, Matt? Well, we decided that when we were throwing around this idea, we said, well, if we do the top 10 Star Wars characters and we don't disinclude or uninclude some people, our lists are going to be rather boring. So um, mm-hmm. we we pulled out some people of who we are just, listen, these are in the top 10 of Star Wars characters. If you're a Star Wars fan, you, you know this. So um, we pulled out, hang on, I'm pulling up the list. I, I've got it here. That's okay. Uh, it's Han Solo. It's Han Solo, Luke, Leia, Yoda, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca. So, I mean, when you think Star Wars characters, clearly top 10, several of those, if not all of those are going to be. So like we said, if, if we didn't pull those out, it was going to be a little bit of a boring list. So taking those out, we were able to, uh, I guess, 
come up with a more robust list, I still think we're going to have some crossover. I really do. Um, oh, yeah. And I told, I, I texted you earlier, Matt. I said, this was hard because there's a lot of good characters out there. And as I said earlier in my text, I took some liberties as well. So uh, <laughs> we always do with these top tens. We always take liberties. And I have to say, we, we had to take the cartoons out for a couple reasons. A, you really haven't seen the cartoon. No, I haven't. No, and, I wouldn't know anything so, about them. Yeah, and that was going to be a confusing thing. And then that would have just increased the amount of characters on this list. Mm -hmm. And like we've done in the past with top 10 stuff, we we have to limit it to try to make it an easier time for us to make these lists. Yep, absolutely. All right, Matt, I am going to, um, I'm actually going to take the honors and go first here. My number 10 pick is, of course, everybody's favorite, Jar Jar Binks. No, 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 no. I'm joking. I'm joking. He is not no, on my list. <laughs> he is not on my list. I, I'm joking. Actually, I'm going to give you the honor of going first. I just wanted to get that joke out of there. So uh, what's your number 10, my friend? I was about to pop off. Holy cow. The wrath of all the Sith Lords was about to unleash. Okay. Well, according to Ooh. some theories out there, there is a theory that goes around that he was actually supposed to be the mastermind behind everything. And then that, that because of the crowd response of how horrible he was, they ended up writing that whole part out, but apparently he was supposed to be the mastermind. I don't know if you've ever heard that theory or not. I have. And, and I kind of wanted, even with him being really hated, I kind of wanted it to be true. Well, I gotta tell you real quick. Um, have you ever played Disney infinity? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the star Wars set that came out after, um, force awakens, I think it was, there is a star Wars, uh, level where if you go into, I think it's Jabba, Jabba's um, lair, if you look on the wall, Jar Jar is frozen in carbonite. It was an ode oh, to getting rid of him. Yeah, it was an ode to getting rid of him. But anyway, no, we're not talking about Jar Jar. I just, anyway, so what's your number 10, my friend? <laughs> my number 10 is Admiral Akbar. All right. He was on my honorable mention list. So, okay. All right. It's a trap. And and what you said right there is the reason that I have him on there is Uh he gives one of the most simple yet iconic lines in all of Star Wars where the the cut to him of it's a trap. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did it so much better than me. Yeah, he was on my honorable mention list. In fact, I consulted with the wonderful, the lovely Miss Amy Birchman, a friend of the pod before I went on because I needed some help. And she's such a Star Wars guru. And she's like, what about Admar Akbar? I'm like, yeah, he's good. I just don't want him on my list. So I'm glad he made the list. So that's good. Um, Okay. Uh, My number 10 is one of the ones that I took a little bit of liberty with. And I, I just, I'm referring to it as the Sith Apprentice, meaning Darth Maul, Count Dooku, anyone who's kind of filled that role other than Darth Vader, kind of any of those roles, it's been such a crucial part to the Star Wars universe that, you know, it, it, it has the whole lore, the whole background of it. I think Darth Maul is one of the most kick-butt characters from the prequel series, and he's continued into a lot of the, you know, the cartoons and the animated series. I personally like Count Dooku. I thought he was a kick-butt character, too. So I said the Sith Apprentice, whoever has filled that role. Okay, so um, I I have to admit, Casey, it was a little bit impossible for me to totally divorce myself from the cartoons on this. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I have Darth Maul on my list a little bit higher. I have him at number four. Darth Maul is already just in episode one, is a really cool and mysterious type character. And 
you know, the look of him is just so menacing. And I really love that. But mm-hmm. as I said, there's a whole arc in Clone Wars and in Rebels, and, and it just elevates him. It's as much as I want to try to divorce myself from that for this list, I couldn't do it. So I have him higher up on the list at number four. That's okay. You know what? It still counts. He's in the movie. And you have other reasons for wanting him up further. That makes total sense. I think you're good there. Um, Okay. Uh, We always snake draft. So I'm going to go to my number nine. My number nine is um, it's, I call it two sides of the same coin. It is Ray slash Kylo Ren, because I don't think that you can talk about one without talking about the other. The sequel trilogy made that, so that Ray was the light was the was kind of you know all about the good in the world Kylo Ren was the dark in the world and at some point they kind of merge into basically uh Raylo is what I'd like to call them as Raylo <laughs> and they become kind of this one in the same you know the Skywalker family and the Palpatine family kind of become one and then Ray shatters what was old and and now we've got this new so I think together you know I really struggled with putting any of the sequel characters on this list. In fact, looking at my list, these are the only sequel characters I have on my list, uh, other than a couple honorable mentions. But I feel that you can't not go a whole three movies without mentioning these characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I I went with the, I did not mention them. Um, oh, okay. I, I yeah, the the none of really outside of one character, which I'll get to in a while. I'm looking through the list of Star Wars characters, and I'm going. I think these are just better characters. And 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 here to to insert this really quickly in here, this is my problem with the the trilogy is the new characters are fine. They're not bad. I don't think that Rey is a bad character or Finn is a bad character or Poe Dameron is a bad character. They're just fine. And so it doesn't like when I'm looking at top 10 characters, the fact that somebody like Darth Maul in one movie who doesn't speak can captivate me. And in three movies, I leave going, yeah, those are fine characters, I guess. Just doesn't do it for me. Hmm. It's funny because I, I wasn't captivated by Darth Maul. Darth Maul was Darth Maul. Was, eh, okay. I, I was more captivated by Ray and her story. I mean, I, I unlike you, I enjoyed the sequel trilogy. I, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I think The Last Jedi had some flaws, but Force Awakens was a really good movie. And frankly put, Rise of Skywalker is a top two or three Star Wars movie for me. So for me... I, I, I put them on the list because they're the ones, I think the supporting characters around them, the Poe, the Finn, the Rose, Leia, frankly, I mean, Han even, eh, eh. I, I really felt that they, the, 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 the filmmakers, they needed to commit one way or another. And the reason why everyone gets this lukewarm feeling is that they oscillated. They went one way with Force Awakens, they went another way with Last Jedi, and they went a third way with Rise of Skywalker trying to pull it all together. So I get what you're saying, I but again, to say Darth Darth Maul did not captivate me. He, he's an he's a, he's a character, he's okay, he's fun. I took this as not so much my list as just how important they are to the Star Wars universe, you know? 
Yeah. And, and again, like we usually do with these top 10 lists, we're each coming in with our own mm-hmm. biases and, and, and likes and dislikes. So some of it is like, that's what these lists are going to be. So, all right. What's your number uh, nine, sir? Number nine, maybe an oddball choice, but um, it is Grand Moff Tarkin. Interesting choice. He never even crossed my list. Good, good call. So I, I really think he is, he's a villain in the Star Wars universe, but he's not a Sith. He's not any kind of force sensitive powers. He's, he's just a, 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 to be, to put it bluntly, a, a corrupt and evil politician and yeah. uses his power for bad things. And um, each time you see him show up, he's just kind of this matter of fact, this is what we're doing. And I, I don't take any crap. And and I, I think that's a really interesting villain character to have that isn't the main villain. Yeah. And it's also interesting to see his dynamic against Vader in A New Hope and how they almost feel like equals in A New Hope when we think of yeah. Vader as like, kind of like the one who's pulling the strings. But honestly, Vader feels... Vader doesn't. Vader feels like an equal to him um, in, in a New Hope. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, so I feel like he needed to be on this list because I just think he's he's such a solid character for not a lot of screen time. Yeah. All right. What's your number eight? Number eight. I'm staying with the villains, and I am going General Grievous. Back away! I will deal with this Jedi slime myself. Nice choice. I thought about putting him on there when I said that that Sith apprentice role, even though he really wasn't a Sith apprentice, but he is a he is a kick butt bad, baddie. I mean, I, that that scene when he's got all four lightsabers going, holy smokes, man! <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, that's my reasoning. I, I really okay. don't have any deep thoughtful things. I'm just like that's he's cool. He looks cool. The four lightsabers spinning around is really cool. It's cool. That's, that's my reasoning. I loved his action figure when, when it came out uh, with that. It was just a bad, bad, you know what action figure. Okay. uh, My number eight is probably a little off the beaten path, but I looked at how important this character is to the underpinnings of everything from four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, And that is Galen Urso. Ah, mm-hmm. so not Jen Urso, not not his daughter, Galen Urso, Galen Urso from Rogue One. Uh, as we all know, uh, he is the one who designed basically the Death Star, and because of his morality issues, if you will, he also is the one who put the weakness in it, which allows Luke Skywalker in A New Hope, or what is originally the Star Wars first Star Wars movie, to be able to blow the the the, the Death Star up. So he, in many ways, was a key linchpin to what the Empire was trying to accomplish, and he was also a key linchpin for why they weren't able to do it. Now that you're saying this out loud, like, uh, he's not on my list. And mm-hmm. now that you're saying that out loud, like, yeah, what what a weird dichotomy to have that mm-hmm. the Empire doesn't do what they do with the Death Star without him, but also it's their ultimate downfall. I've never thought of it like that until you said something. And that that's a fascinating character type. Well, and I also want to say too, I think it's important to call out, we take for granted now that Rogue One has been out for several years, that that is canon, right? That this engineer 
engineered this weakness because of morality, because he knew what it was capable of. He was forced to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Prior to Rogue One, one of the biggest arguments, one of the biggest gaps, one of the biggest loopholes in the Star Wars story was why in the world would an engineer put such a weakness in a weapon like this that was so easily uh, easy to exploit? And so as far as retconning goes, Lucasfilm does a pretty darn good job at retconning to a point that it actually appeases many of the fanboys and, and even the hardcore fans out there that they stopped complaining about that. that that's, a, that's a pretty tall order in my book, you know? I, I agree. I just think of, you know, this is a common thing that many like Star Wars parodies poke fun at the, the family guy, Star Wars, yes. where they're talking and they're just, well, can we just put some plywood over it, board it up? It's, <laughs> that would be terrible for resale. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, there's this little hole. It was kind of an aesthetic choice by the architect. And if you shoot a laser into this hole, uh, the station blows up. Whoa, 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 whoa. That sounds like a pretty big design flaw there. No, no, no. The hole's only two meters across. Well, that's no bigger than a womp rat. Exactly. And even to get within range of it, you have to skim along this whole trench. It's not a big deal. Well, I mean, can't we board it up or, you know, put some plywood over it or something? Well, that would look terrible. I mean, we got to think about resale. All right. Uh, my number seven, uh, we're going to go all the way back to episode one, The Phantom Menace. And we are going to talk about um, Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, oh! Is he on your list? Seven for me, too. All right. Yes. All right. I love Qui-Gon Jinn. First of all, I love Liam Neeson. I think he's just an amazing actor. Yeah, it's Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. He just, I don't know what it is. Just having him on the screen, it brings a sense of calm, if you will. I think he's got a wit about him that's exciting, that he's really good at, at cracking some jokes and being witty. And frankly put, the whole saga would not even be in existence if he did not decide to bring Anakin with him. Yeah, I, I, I love that you see, because obviously Qui-Gon Jinn is Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, uh, master. Holy cow, I just realized, yeah, Kenobi is also on that list of uh, uh, characters we're not touching. Because... Yes, did we not say that? We should have said that, but yeah, he was on that. You're right, yeah, he's on that. I, I just realized, yeah. oh shoot, we didn't put that on there. Yeah, Kenobi. Yeah. He's on that character. list too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so he's Obi-Wan Kenobi's master, and you see that, you know, he broke the rules by training Anakin, like mm -hmm. by, by bringing him in. Yoda and the council said no. And you see that with Kenobi and how he kind of takes on things and trains Anakin and how Anakin responds. And so it's this, it, it, we often talk about the relationship between Kenobi and Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, but it really started with Qui-Gon Jinn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the scene in at the end of of episode three, you know, Revenge of the Sith, when when they go into hiding and Yoda tells, you know, Obi-Wan that, you know, an old friend has found his way back from from beyond or whatever, and you're going to be able to, to train with him. And, and Obi-Wan, his, his face lights up. And again, Ewan McGregor is perfect as that and goes, Qui-Gon? Like, it's just, you can tell there was like a parental relationship there and for him to be able to relive that with an old friend that's just a cool scene you know yeah absolutely so yeah that, that that's funny that this is one of the few times in, in top 10 that we've had like the the first ones the same but i don't yeah. know if we've ever like had like a middle one the same yeah that's that's pretty good we're usually like it, it's a couple off 
Okay, what is your number six then? Number six, I have a very popular character in Boba Fett. Or as my um, uh, autocorrect ch- uh, changes it to Boba Felt. Uh, <laughs> I have him as a as a um, honorable mention for me. Yeah, I put him in there um, uh, because you know if you read the history of him, I, from what I gather, he was not supposed to be that big of a deal, but everybody kind of latched onto him, and so that kind of made him a big deal. But uh, I mean, I think we don't have as much interest in the Mandalorians as a whole if Boba Fett does not become big. That's true. Um, That's true. You know, do you know what, 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 um, in what star Wars piece he was first introduced? I don't. He was actually his very first introduction debut to the star Wars universe was in the star Wars Christmas special. Interesting. Yep. So he was introduced. Maybe he was supposed to be. I do know that. Out loud. Yep. He was supposed to be a throwaway character, and that's the one thing that Star Wars fans got out of that that they loved, and so he continued into the the movies. But yeah, that was the first one he was introduced in. So, I mean, I've got my toy box action figure of him. I I had to pick one up when I saw him. Um, (laughs) The Mandalorians in in general, and and this translates into the TV show, they're just a cool-looking character. The the story of their their people is very interesting. There's a whole lot of really interesting, like, politics and things like that. And Boba Fett really opens up the door to all of that lore, which is very interesting. Yep. So since that was your number seven, that was your number six. I'll come back over to my number six now, which isn't too far off. My number six is actually Boba Fett's father, Jango Fett. And I, and I put Jango Fett there slash clone trooper, Stormtrooper. Uh, for those people who don't know, uh, Jango Fett, first of all, he was a bounty hunter and, and Boba sees him actually die, which is what makes him picks up, pick up the mantle of uh, being a Mandalorian. But beyond that, uh, Jango Fett was what was used for the cloning of the entire clone army, which allows the Empire to then take over the galaxy uh, at the end of Episode 3. And so I didn't just put generic Stormtrooper because, you know, that's not one character, but Jango Fett is basically the clone trooper. And because of that, I think those two kind of go hand in hand and they play a very instrumental part in the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, the clones are, <laughs> I mean, ca- what caused everything to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, my number five is going to be Queen Amadea. Queen Amadea uh, from the planet Naboo, Natalie Portman's character, basically. I absolutely love her. I loved her the way that she was in episode one. I feel her arc got better in episode two. I absolutely hated her in episode three. Uh, I feel that she got whiny and just, just, it just, she wasn't the same character. I actually really enjoy the switcheroo that they do in episode one where you, where uh, her, her bodyguard is, is playing. You don't really realize it until it gets called out. I love her when she's in her full face paint. And I think it's important because without her being the temptation to Anakin Skywalker, we wouldn't have a Darth Vader, frankly, right? And so she obviously is the mother of Luke and Leia. She's the one who tempts Anakin. Um, she plays a huge role in becoming senator uh, later on. Um, I think she has one of the absolute best lines 
in episode three when she says, so this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause, which sometimes that's how I feel right now with the election that's going on. By the time this airs, the election will be over with, so we'll know who have won. But you get my point. <laughs> so this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. I have heard her as an honorable mention. Okay. I have never been captivated by her character as as much as some other people. Like I, I agree with everything that you just said. I have zero disagreements. Um, and and she's another one that in in the Clone Wars, she's got some good arcs that really show off her savviness and not just political savvy, but kind of her adventurer type savvy that I that make me like her a little bit more. But I, she was just one that I was never really captivated by and i mean ultimately i you know when you do these lists i make the list of anyone that could be on it and then i got to start knocking people off and uh she was just one that had to get knocked off well it's funny when i texted you earlier and said my list is done it changed like two hours later and i did it again (laughs) because see how it does people start falling (laughs) off the list you start going oh what about that person so we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors Hey everyone, Matt here. You know, you don't have to go to a galaxy far, far away to get great deals on cell phone accessories. Our partners, Riss and Cal, and the Four Frills cell phone accessories have got you covered. They have a wide variety of cell phone accessories at great prices, and your purchase helps support the show, as well as charities like the American Red Cross and the Marine Conservancy. Our listeners can get a special deal if you go to fourfrills.com slash shop. That is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S slash shop. Use the promo code BEERS and you get 15% off your order. So remember, that's fourfrills.com, promo code BEERS. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, what's your number five, sir? My number five, the mastermind behind all of this, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, I have him at number one. I have him at number one. You just knocked my number one off. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you explain your why here. No, no, no. Because he's your number one, I want want to hear your uh, 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 why you had him at number one. You, you, You just said it. He is the mastermind behind everything. So, first of all, I love the four dimensional chess that he plays in episodes one through three. Right. First of all, we're in a very unique, we're in a very unique spot as, as the audience knowing who he is. I mean, we all know who he is. There's no, there's no doubt going into it yet. We're watching all these other characters not being manipulated. They are being manipulated by him watching the four dimensional chess that he puts into play to create this war, to grant him the emergency powers. And then of course, the, the, the scene at the end of episode three, when him and Vader are standing there watching the Death Star being built, that just gives you chills, right? And then, of course, he's not in episode four. I don't believe he makes an appearance in episode four at all. It's not until episode five that he makes an appearance, I believe. And I believe, if I'm maybe it's episode four, the first appearance, the original cut of the movie, it wasn't even Ian McDermott who played him. It was a completely different actor who played him. And then they realized how important it was going to be that they went back and retroactively put Ian McDermott in the later cuts of the movie. Right. So, so to watch him and then here's the, the, the coup de gras, which is you think he's dead 
I, Matt, I think I've shared this story with you. I had the fortunate pleasure of being at Star Wars Celebration 2019, Chicago, Illinois, when they played the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, surrounded by tens of thousands of people. When you hear, when you heard the Emperor's laugh at the end, you should have heard the, 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 just the excitement, the energy, the, oh my God, the thunderous applause. We talked about that earlier. It's to the point that when Ian McDermott, he walks out on stage at Star Wars Celebration and in Emperor Palpatine's voice goes, play it again. And they roll it again or roll it again to know that he somehow has a role in this in episode nine. And when you go into episode nine and you don't have to wait to see what kind of role he plays, they jump right into it. I just, there are very few characters that in my mind weave that well into a a story. I mean, I put him up there with Thanos in the Marvel cinematic universe. That's, that's where I put him at. No, I mean everything you're saying, I 100% agree with, and I and really the 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 main thing for me. Don't get me wrong, I, I like him in uh, the later episodes, but it's it's before he's revealed himself to be Emperor Palpatine and be Force sensitive and be the Sith Lord. It's it's when he's playing that political game mm-hmm. that I just and and his manipulating conversations with Anakin and yep. uh, all that is just. It's so, so good. And again, what I love about it is usually for something like that, you want the audience to be in the dark about it, that you want the Mm -hmm. big moment to be when he's revealed as, oh, that's actually the bad guy. And so you almost think that it would be a bad idea to to have us know that, but it's not. It it works so well. I love that scene when – when he first meets Anakin, well, it's not first, it's after a couple of, of, of meetings, but he goes, we're going to be watching you closely. It's at the end of Phantom Menace. And you just, you know what he means. You know what he, it's like, you know, you just, you know, that's the benefit of the prequel to your point. So that's why he's my number one. I just, I, I, I can't think of anyone other than. I'll get to my number one in a little while. Let's see if you agree. <laughs> All right. So you already had your number four, right? Yes. All right, so I'm going to give you my number four. My number four is the Jedi with the purple lightsaber, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Wow. Yeah, is he on your number list? Four. Yeah, is he on your list? Uh, no, he is not. Um, no, he okay. was one of my honorable mentions. All right, yeah, he's my number four. And, and there's a very clear reason for this. Mace Windu is by the book. He's a consistent guy. He sits on the Jedi Council. He's up there with Yoda. He's right up there with with Obi-Wan. He's up there with Qui-Gon. Because of how by the books, by how straight-laced he is, and ultimately how he treats Anakin, or at least in Anakin's eyes, Mace has a big, I, I guess, he, has a, he, he, he is one of the major reasons why uh, we get Darth Vader is because Anakin feels like he's being put down, like he's he's being held back by Mace Windu. You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. And then, you know, the, and when he finally gets a chance to go and tell Mace, here's what's going on with the Emperor, and, 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 and Mace says, no, you stay here. If what you say is true, you will have earned my respect or whatever. And then he goes over and confronts the Emperor. Here's why I think he earns a spot on this list. He would have beat the Emperor had he not gotten distracted by Anakin barging in to save him. He, he, he had enough strength, enough power 
he was ready to take Palpatine out, but Anakin comes in, and because of the manipulation, Mace dies. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, there's a reason he was on my honorable mentions. Like, it, it makes sense. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, what you're saying is, is, is true. Like, it, that's the whole kind of crux of it where Anakin points out to Windu that, no, 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 he needs to go stand trial pretty much so Anakin's like, I need to know how I can save Padme. And Mace Windu's yep. is like, no, 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 he's too dangerous to be kept alive. And that's kind of the turn of it all. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Okay, what's your number three? My number three is uh, one of my Rogue One characters, uh, a very fan favorite, and one of my personal uh, favorites is K2SO, the droid. Ah, so I'm going to, this is where one of the ones that I cheated on, um, since he's a droid, I actually just made one character and lumped them all together and just called them the droids as my number three. <laughs> all the droids. Okay. Uh, C-3PO, R2-D2, K-2-S-O, BB-8, um, uh, R-5, all of them, they're all together. So why is K-2-S-O on your list? So I had him in a separate category. I'll get to where my dro- other droids are hanging out because I, too, combined them. But I, I kept K-2-S-O as a, okay. as a separate one because I feel like he, because he uses, like, actually talks and not just in beeps, I felt like he he felt different than um, someone like R2-D2. I guess not so much C-3PO, but BB-8 as well. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe there's not a method to my madness, and I just put it here. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's just a very – he's the lightheartedness in that movie because that movie – Rogue One is a very like kind of dark, serious yeah, movie. Yeah, it is. You're right. And he's kind of like the little bit of humor and the, you know, the, the stereotypical droid of I'm calculating the success of this plan and this plan is not good. But then the ending where, uh, or not so much the, where his end anyway, a spoiler alert, you know, he's fending off the stormtroopers and he smashes the, the, the panel and is holding off the stormtroopers. So Jen Erso can, and Cassian Andor can get the, uh, the plans for the Death Star, like how he goes out is just so awesome. Like it, it, just everything about that character. I, I just love, I just love that character. So you said you put the droids somewhere else. So I'm assuming they must be at your number two or your number one. Yes. Uh, they're my, they're my number one. So I mean, okay. I we, can, we can talk about that right now, but um, yeah, I combined BB-8, R2-D2 and C-3PO as my number one for the droids. And I mean, I don't know a person that is Star Wars that says, I hate the droids. I think R2-D2 is terrible. I, I don't like BB-8. Uh, C-3PO is terrible. I, I, I have never heard a Star Wars fan say that. I, I mean, probably there's still, there, there might be some out there, but if there are, it's not a common thing. And even people who have never seen Star Wars, if you show them a picture of R2-D2, they can probably pick that like, Oh yeah, that's, that's R2D2. I know what that is. Well, yeah, I agree with you. And again, R2D2 and C3PO are the, the two classic examples. And, you know, Amy and I were talking about this on the phone earlier when we were kind of, com- when I was looking at my list, they're the only two characters in the entire star Wars entirety uh, continuity that appear in all 11 movies. They appear in all yeah. 11 movies. Uh, you know, there was a risk in creating BP- BB-8 and his dark counterpart that was in the last Jedi for like two seconds. I can't remember his name, but we sold them like crazy at the Disney store, the, the, the dark side version of him. But th- there was, there was a, 
there was a risk, an inherent risk in trying to create this droid that people would think it was too commercialized, that he wasn't, um, he was made for kids or whatever. But you're right. I don't know. BB-8 has been, he has been accepted so well in the Star Wars community. I would argue that BB-8 has been accepted more in the Star Wars community than even probably Ray and Finn and some of the, the non-droid characters from the, the from the sequel trilogy. 100%. Like if there's if there's a character if 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 there's one great thing that the tri- the new trilogy gave us it's BB-8. And honestly, th- the, that's worth it. <laughs> like you mm-hmm. you can say I hate the, I hate those movies but uh, but you cannot say they never should have been made because then BB-8 would not exist. All right, I'm interested to hear what your number 2 is before I give you my number 2. My number 2 is the coolest guy in the galaxy, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> he was on my list, but I bumped him down to honorable mention. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Lando's another one that appears in, in the new trilogy and you know you first meet him in episode five. And even in in Solo a Star Wars story, um, I think that Donald Glover did a very good job at portraying like a younger version of of Lando Calrissian, like where he's swindling people and, uh, but he's, but he's this like smooth talking guy that can get out of trouble. And again, I'm going to bring up the cartoons again. There are some episodes with him in where Billy D Williams comes back and voices him. Uh, and, and, and he interacts with the characters in, in the, in that show. And it's again, like this cool, I'm a cool character who, who is, a smuggler who comes off as this good guy, but my uh, what I'm doing is a little bit nefarious, and I, I, I just I I really like Lando Calrissian as a character. I like him too. I I, I don't I, I've never been a huge fan of him, but I definitely know why he's got that appeal in the universe. Um, and I do agree that Daniel Glover's um, performance of him in Solo, in my mind, is actually more is, is far superior than Billy D. Williams' version of him in the sequel. I mean, nothing can beat Billy D. Williams in five, obviously, but in six, but I think that, uh, Daniel, Daniel Glover, Danny Glover comes on board and, and does a really good job in, in the pre in solo more so than I think Billy D. Williams does later in the sequels. I just, I wasn't a fan of his performance. And so I, I have to correct you here. Um, it, it is Donald, Danny Glover is somebody else. Yeah, you're right. Why did I say Danny? You know, it's funny. As soon as I came out of my mouth, I was like, wait a second. That's, that's Lieutenant Murtaugh. That's totally a different guy. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's the guy from, uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's Donald Glover, but I think that's his son. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? No, um, I have no idea. I, to be honest I thought with you. Donald Glover was Danny Glover's son, but I, I don't know. Anyway, we digress. My number two. I cheated, kind of, not really. It's <laughs> it, it's an allowable cheat. Um, we said we were not going to allow Darth Vader. We did not say we were not going to allow Anakin Skywalker. In my mind, they are two different characters. The person you get as Darth Vader is the personality, what he turns to, how he turns to the dark side. I even though they're two sides of the same coin. I believe that Anakin Skywalker is a completely different character and I absolutely love watching his arc from episode one all the way through episode three when he becomes Darth Vader and then his redemption in episode six. And one of the reasons why, frankly put, people have such a problem with the sequel trilogy and in this case, Rise of Skywalker and this is word for word what they say. It undoes 
Anakin Skywalker's redemption that he had in episode six. Now, I don't necessarily subscribe to that belief. Again, I have a belief. I like the sequel trilogy, but everyone talks about it undoes what happened to Anakin Skywalker. But I don't believe we can have a conversation about the nine movies and the Skywalker saga, plus the two other ones that kind of are offshoots without talking about the Skywalker whom they are named after, which is Anakin Skywalker. So I believe that he definitely, the reason why he's my number two, it's between him, he's my number two, and of course Emperor Palpatine's my number one. The two of them in my mind are the whole reason why we're even having this conversation. No, I hear you. So I, I took it as Anakin and, and, and Vader were, were kind of one of the same. I know you did. So, I cheated. I told you I cheated. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Honestly, I, I'm very happy to, to talk about Anakin Skywalker on this podcast. Um, I mean, 100% agree with you. Um, and, and, and I said this in our, in our Clone Wars, uh, Convince Me, where one of the reasons why I love that the cartoons is it really emphasizes that arc even more. That... Mm-hmm. You see, you see the twinges of the dark side, but not, not like totally blatantly dark side, but how it happens, like it lays that groundwork and even out to take the cartoons out of it, just the, just the arc that he has in those three movies, I agree is very, very good. And, Mm. and how he turns from this Jedi who really does what want, what's good for the galaxy and allows his mind to be warped by the dark side. And that, that whole change is, is just really, really fantastic. It, it's really great character development. And I know there's some people out there that are like, I don't like Hayden Christensen's performance of him. I don't think it's as bad as what people say it is. I agree. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's horrible. I think he did a fine job. Yeah. Like I, I, I get it. I've heard the argument. I'm just, I, I'm just not subscribed to that. I don't subscribe to that as much. Um, I think he he does a, a fine job, and so I, I really enjoy that arc, like you said. But yeah, I just didn't I didn't have him on the list because I I did not do that technicality <laughs> that you did. Ah, I cheated. What can I say? I don't know. Yeah, you know. All right, I got a couple of honorable mentions on here just real quick, and I'm not even going to yeah. say why. We already talk, covered Boba Fett. We already covered General Akbar. A couple other, I have to say this one because Amy absolutely loved this character. She said she would have made it her number one, uh, Wicket. Uh, one of the Ewoks. Uh, so Wicket's on there. Um, I actually do have Jar Jar Binks as an honorable mention. The fact that people still talk about him 25 plus years later or whatever, you know, or 20, 22 years later, um, you know, he's clearly still a character that gets a lot of talk, good or bad. Um, I have Senator Organa on here uh, as played by um, the guy who plays Matthews uh, Santos, whose name is completely escaping me at the moment in, in West Wing. God, who is that? Uh, I, I I can't think. I, I'm I'm gonna feel really dumb. Uh, Bail Organa is the guy's name. Yeah, it's um, Senator Senator Organa. Is, is, um, 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 oh, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the guy. I, I, my I know Why, he's President uh, Santos from from the West Wing. But anyway, and then the other one's uh, Mon, uh, Mon Matha. Uh, I have Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Thank you. Uh, Mon oh. Motham. I also have on there. Uh, many Bothams died to bring us this information. That 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 lady on there too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. do you have any other um, any other honorable mentions on your list? Honestly, we we hit we hit them um, throughout the show. I did not have any other like real honorable mentions. So um, I mean, I, I I tried to look at some from the new trilogy. I mean, Poe Dameron is probably you know if you're if you're really you know holding me against a wall and saying 
pick a character that you really, really liked from the new trilogy. Poe Dameron is, is one of them. And um, um, so I, I, I put him on, on the list for a while, but just kind of took him off. All right. So uh, that said, it is uh, closing time, my friends. We are well past our welcome here at the bar today. Uh, Matt, how do our wonderful listeners get a hold of us? You can email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can find us on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, beersears1928. Uh, we got lots of fun content on all those things. As always, please rate and review us. You know, you guys have been doing a great job at those, as well as telling your friends. Make sure you just take that minute to a minute and a half to to give us that five-star review. Tell us what you like about the show. It really does help us. And we are back to new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. I'm so excited about some of the ones that we've got coming up. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for taking the time to join us in our top 10 list today. We're going to go ahead and raise our glasses up because today's episode has been on us. Enjoy your blue milk and we will see you again real soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, everybody.